0: Bearcat Belts Podcast. Back at it again. I am Brent Young. And as always, it's a beautiful day in the Indianapolis neighborhood, as well as Cincinnati. That means Chad Brendel and Aaron Smith are joining me. Chad, Aaron, gentlemen, how are we?
1: Better than you. <laughs> Better than you. Same I'm, I'm than hanging you. in there. Yeah, I'm hanging
2: in there. I. I didn't have a great day, but you know, such is life sometimes. Yes, yes. Aaron. I'm here. I'm, yes, I'm trying. I'm trying to get my energy back up. Like it, it, you, it, when you're, <laughs> when you're at a funeral all day, and then wow. the wake afterwards and all that. Like energy is, you're not too hyped up is not the way you spend the day. <laughs> so I'm trying to get my energy up. Brent's trying to get his energy up because you know. He he was in Texas and Florida for like a week, and you know what that means.
0: Like Yeah, you can put and and then all of a sudden Aaron's doing a surprise uh fill in on the uh Memphis preview. So I think he can put two and two together there.
2: Brent was in health and safety protocols <laughs>
0: over the past couple of days.
1: <laughs> We're
0: back. I though. guess I want
1: to be the uh I'll I'll be the energy hype guy tonight. There we go. <laughs> We're gonna we need could your use energy you. tonight. We could use you.
0: But but even with the funeral that the, the, the wake is supposed to be where the celebration of life type ordeal, where you kind of you know yeah. remember the good times. So, yeah. so hopefully, I'm just saying, I'm just saying to, my energy up. We, yeah.
2: we, we did that, we, we remembered yeah. all the times that she used to yell at me throughout my childhood.
0: My childhood
2: best friend's mom passed away, and th- th- we were talking about that. Like, kids now don't understand, like, that his mom raised me just as much as my dad did, like, I was at his house. Constantly, and he was at my house constantly. Like you got that connection. To, and Aaron's talked about this. He just lost uh, the parent of one of his best friends. And like when when you really get down to think about it, man, like they they were a massive part of of raising us the way that we are like the way that we were as children. And I don't think kids get that anymore.
1: Right? No, because so, they live with each other virtually. Yeah, they they do it all yeah. <laughs> online. Right. So Especially the, with the
0: metaverse coming, it'll be a uh, nice little hangout spot there. <laughs>
2: they they just don't have like you know you're not somebody else's parent is not your acting parent like <laughs> forty hours a week. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> In hindsight, so, no, I feel like my
1: parents my parents really appreciated the fact that I was gone like three right three nights a week right. four nights a week.
2: It's just, it's not, it's not the same anymore, man. Like I I barely know any of Kelsey's friends, parents. Right. And like, that was a huge thing when we were young.
0: And I mean, the coolest part is when you get older and you do see those parents and then you can have drinks with those parents and kind of, you know, let loose a little bit with them and be like, wow, we were just kind of, we were, we were kind of just, Jack at back in the day, weren't we? And then they just could pile on stories about all the different things you guys used to do back in yeah, the day. How much of an idiot like... you were. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I like how you guys are talking past tense. Like, you're not still idiots and assholes. Oh, so. I'm
2: still an idiot. I'm just not somebody else's parents' responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a little, let's... like,
0: Koopa Troopa thing behind me for the past month, you'd, you'd definitely say, this, this guy's an idiot.
2: Yeah. So, yes. No, I agree. I agree. All right. Let, let, let's get to the sponsor. Sponsor. It's a big... We got
0: something big coming, Brent. Hey, hey, you know what? It's, it's Danco Transmission. It's still Danco. Danco's number one. It's our guy, Danco Auto Transmission. You guys need to head there. You Need to head there. You can still go there and mention the BBP, mention BCJ. You can mention Chad, Aaron, myself. You know, mention the Bearcats. Just say you heard about Danco. Ten dollars <laughs> off an oil change. But guess what? They added something else. That Chad, Chad, tell me, tell me what happened. Tell me what else Danco added.
2: There's our guy, Joe, from Danco. It's Danco Joe. Danco Joe, Joe is he's lost his mind, okay? He's (laughs) lost his mind. So on top of being able to get the discount on an oil change, starting last night, okay, every weekend through the basketball season, so the Memphis game on Sunday, January 9th, And the Wichita State game on the 16th, Tulsa on the 20th, East Carolina on the 30th, Houston February 6th, Tulsa February 12th, Temple February 20th, South Florida February 26th, SMU March 3rd, okay? The number that the Bearcats score the weekend before we do the BBP. So last night, for example, the Bearcats scored 80 points. Against Memphis. You get a dollar per point on any service or repair totaling over $100. So if the Bearcats score 80, 80 bucks off. Joe. Joe. That is one hell of a deal for anyone needing maintenance or repairs. You just have to show that you're a BCJ member. Obviously, they, they, You need to be supporting Bearcat Journal. Uh, so the discount number is going to be different every week. And Joe had to be watching that game last night going, can they slow it down a little? How many threes are we going to make in this damn game? 80 bucks on any service totaling a $100 or more. You get 80 bucks off this week at Danco Transmission. All you have to do is show your Bearcat Journal. You pull it up on your phone. Show that you're a member. Logged into the site, and uh, Joe will get you hooked up with 80
0: bucks off. You know, his what? financial
1: advisor's got to be in his pants.
0: <laughs> you know what, Joe? Joe probably was watching the Bearcats play against Miami and, and Monmouth after those two games. I think they, they scored the 50s in both. He was probably like, You know what, this could be a good idea, this could be a nice idea. And then he put it on the back burner for a little bit, and then the Tulane game happened. Bearcats only scored 60. He's like, yeah, I think I'm gonna do this deal. Let's do this deal. And then before then, it's too late in back-to-back games where Bearcats are blowing it out of the water, and now here we are. So 80 hey, bucks off. all week Danco.
2: at Danco. That, Danco.
0: That's it's massive. Massive. It is. It is. Hit him up. The man, the myth, the legend. Hit him up. Mr. Joe. <laughs> I was
1: right there with you. <laughs> well,
0: well, let's let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about the fact that Joe could have Either have had to uh, do $77 off or he would have had to do $80 off now. That is the uh, two point totals that the Bearcats had the past two games. 77 in a victory over SMU, 77 to 60. And then, of course, the thriller of a game yesterday, 87 to 80 in the loss to Memphis. Uh, still, just an absolutely phenomenal basketball game. Guys, this team has really flipped a switch they're playing a whole nother level of basketball, kind of similar to what they were doing in Kansas City. It seems like it, that sort of flow is back. The team effort, everything behind it is back. Just before we break down both games, kind of just general observation that you've seen kind of started probably after halftime of Tulane, but what's kind of been the turning point up to now with this basketball team? They, they look completely different. They're clicking on all cylinders. And when they're playing together, when they're playing positive, it seems like the shots are falling as well.
1: Well, Here I know we we've talked about it on – we've we talked about it on the nightcap, but it's got to be the, the halftime of the Tulane game because since then, they've been playing the best basketball that we have seen this team play, both offensively and defensively. I mean, to hang in there with a juggernaut of that, that is Memphis – even if they haven't been yeah. able to put it together they, i mean they haven't juggernaut been able to put it together wise. on on paper on paper yeah. they are a juggernaut i i don't think that's arguable um but you know they they were able to hang with memphis until what the last 10 seconds of the game basically um, yeah Tyler um, became a three, became a a three mania. point
2: game with 4 seconds left so
1: yeah um you know i mean they obviously took care of business against God, it evades me who they even played the game before Memphis. SMIA. <laughs> yeah, Mio. thank you. It's been a long day. Um, but and even in the second half, they they of, of Tulane, they, they played very good basketball. So to see them finally starting to make shots, finally starting to rebound. Well, like whatever that first half was against Tulane, I don't know. It it was a wake-up call in the locker room at halftime. And that has been the spark that has fueled the fire here over the last five halves of basketball for Cincinnati.
2: I mean, I don't think the, the wake up call is all that difficult to, to figure out. Joe says he wished he, he was giving eighty eight dollars off us too, Joe. Yeah, Jim, us too, me too. Me too. Um, but it, it's it's effort related. It's it's the way that they're going about their business looks a lot more like it did. Back at the beginning of the season Mm -hmm. some of it absolutely is because teams are for some reason playing less zone uh we did see memphis play a little bit of it we saw in the second half smu tried to slide into some zone on them and and it kind of threw off their rhythm a little bit but this is a team that's pretty good in man to man and when they get in, you know, when they get into a rhythm, when they're, they're they're playing downhill, when they, of course, when they have a guy like Jeremiah Davenport just tossing in threes from wherever he stood for most of that game, that, that helps as well. But by God, that, yeah, not by good, that's a good deal. By God, that's a good deal. <laughs> Ed, come on, Ed. <laughs> Um, they're playing with a a lot more confidence. They're playing with a lot more energy and it's amazing what happens. Coaches talk about this all the time. When, when you're not thinking, when you're allowing yourself to get lost in the game and you're just playing and, and you're playing as hard as you can play for the minutes that you're on the floor, when you come off, you get a breather, you go back out there, balls to the wall again. Look at how many times in that Memphis game guys were on the floor, right? It guys were battling for the ball guys were mm-hmm. aggressive and that's the sign of a team that's starting to figure itself out a, a team that's starting to come together roles are starting to be defined um i mean i i if you look there's a lot of good performances not just Davenport important as seven threes right but to julius adams woods newman uh, I thought Ado a Ado, Ado did a good job uh, defensively inside. Odie had a, a couple really good segments. Um, you know, it was it was just a case where even though they weren't able to get the win, there's more positives than negatives to take away right. from this game.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit more about those roles, you know, because it it seems as if this team is starting to define those, you know, you. You see, Mike Adams Woods has found a shot again. He's kind of, kind of settled into that. And, and sure, the, the close of the game was not what what you would have wanted or or hoped for. But still, there was a couple of situations that were probably a little bit too tough for him to handle. But uh, you know, outside of that, David Julius is turning into that playmaker kind of kind of go to player when they need a shot to be made. And then you mentioned Odie off the bench, just bringing those hustle minutes. Vic doesn't seem to be pressing too hard anymore. Uh, you know. Even the Hay- Hayden Cobal is kind of really pulled back and picked his spots. <laughs> Yard that <laughs> I told you, man. I'm I'm fighting it. I'm trying to get the energy back up. I hear you. I hear you. But yawns are contagious, so be careful. But no, nah, so it, it's just I. It just seems as if that's that's kind of what a lot of coaches you, you hear them say. You know, we're still just trying to figure out our roles, especially you know the last tenure. You, you kind of heard that all the way through the entire season. We're still trying to define the roles out on the court, this, that, and the other. But it, it seems as if the last couple of games you really saw who's going to be the ones distributing, who's going to be the ones looking for their shots, who's going to be the ones that are battling hard for the rebounds. It, it, I mean, I I think you could come away with with Abdullah Doe and and just say, say, hey, he has been playing lights out, and I don't think he's scored in the past two games. Maybe two points, maybe... One point or something along those lines, and I think he, he's arguably one of the more valuable players on this team. I thought he had a spectacular game against Memphis, and and you might you could be a stat sheet, you know, warrior and say that didn't really look like Abdul Adel had too good of a game, but I I think he was phenomenal, and and I think would you say the the role recognition and just the buy-in from everyone is kind of has to be one of the leading factors to this slight turnaround and and heavy lean towards. Was looking to be a a contender to make the tournament if they're able to win the AAC AAC tournament. It, it seems as if that is exactly what well. The if they won the AAC to tournament,
2: to. they if they won the AAC tournament,
0: they well, would automatically. Well, that's what I meant. In the I, they they're you said they are be a contender. To. Well, <laughs> contender to win. I I mean I don't think you're going to throw yeah you know, ECU's name in that hat or or something along those lines. But yeah, I mean it just seems like the role recognition is starting to be. A, a main development to what this team is starting to mold together and become a big time unit. Yeah,
2: I mean, uh, to to that point, Deanna, uh, it was a loss, but it almost didn't feel like one. I, I would say the one part that's that was a tough pill to swallow for a team that has struggled from three so mightily this season. Oh man, to have a game where you hit sixteen, yeah, sixteen to thirty, and you lose. Most ever
1: uh, last last night you said most ever at FedEx against Memphis by a college right? team. Right. But most
2: ever by a college team, including Memphis. Memphis has never hit 16 threes in a game in that building. Yeah. Um, so that's the one part where it's like that's a that's a tough pill to swallow when you shoot like that. Yeah. And you don't get out of there with a the dub. But there, you know, that's not the the end of the world. It, it's just uh Boy, that's that, that's not that's that's unfortunate.
1: <laughs> well, and you, <laughs> hate to, you hate to use the word moral victory, but that's no, almost, that's almost what this was. I mean, it, I I think it's a, kind of a a boost for the boys to know that they can like like we said last night. If this game had been in Cincinnati, they win this game.
2: Well, I, I think what I take away from it is that was a Memphis team that is not played great uh through most of this season right they have had some games where you know when they beat alabama like there have been a couple times where they flashed Mm -hmm. i think what you can take away is that was pretty much memphis best best shot like they threw a haymaker at cincinnati and cincinnati wouldn't go away you know that that six point run late in the second half where you know they they get what two or three dunks a couple steals yeah that, you know, that team last year wilts at that that point, right? Right. And instead, this team said, nah, we're, you know, we're coming back for some more. And they took the lead. Yeah. At 81-80, right? Or 80-79. With, yeah. With 51 seconds to play. Like, they took Memphis' best punch and, and didn't fold. Uh, and I think if you're looking for the bright spot, that's the bright spot as it was. A really talented Memphis team playing at a high level, and Cincinnati went right toe to toe with them.
0: And and more on the threes made is you know the fact that yes, Jeremiah Davenport went bonkers, and it's going to be hard for him to to duplicate that that sort of performance. Sure, in, in another game, but still, you had John Newman finding his shot. You know, three for five. You had Mike Adams Woods continuing his hot streak. You know, David DeJulius his his step back starting to just look as money as possible. And his one three down the stretch that probably would have maybe won the game for Cincinnati that went halfway down and rimmed out, yeah, you know, that it's, sucked. It did. But, you know, it, it just, seems as if let's, let, let's hope it's not a one game anom- anomaly type thing where, you know, John Newman all of a sudden goes ice cold from deep and, you know, right. Micah falls off the cliff again, or, or continues this hot streak that he's on, you know, it, just gotta hope that it carries on to the next game. Because, like you said, if if you hit 16 threes in a game, you gotta hope by God that you're coming out of with a victory. I because that does not happen very often. And then you look at the rebounding and the different things of that sort, and you and, and the free throws, and you know, free throws made and attempted, it's gonna be crazy. So I you know, it's it's definitely a game to take some more victories from, but one where when you really take a step back and you say Man, we really could have stolen one on the road. That would have been a pretty big feather in the cap to go with some of the other big wins that they've had throughout the season so far this year. So yes, it would have been but, a Q one win. So yeah, of course it would right. have been big. Yeah, you put that up there with the Illinois win, and I mean, with the way that this conference is shaking out, you avoid any more bad losses and and you know get you know maybe maybe get Memphis or Houston at home later on in the year. Who knows? I mean, who knows how the rest of college basketball landscape's looking at the end of the season. But this next five game stretch anymore. is critical. Yeah, it is. It is, and uh and I mean, it's it's critical critical because you can either win every game in the next five games, or you could st- stumble on the road at Wichita State. Temple's had a couple of decent games. Tulsa's solid. I mean, and then ECU twice. I you hate going to Greenville. No one likes playing in Greenville, whether it be football or basketball. So <laughs> it's, 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 a moment where you can not let this, let this loss kind of propel you like that first half against Tulane did. Just keep playing this high level basketball. Then all of a sudden you get the back to back again of Houston and Memphis or Memphis, then Houston, sorry. And both of them at home. So, I mean, yeah, it, there, there's a big opportunity ahead of this team. And, you know, what if you come out of that? Pretty much unscathed. I mean, you're looking at a team that's kind of rolling at the exact right time. Yeah. I mean, it,
2: the reason, like, if you're going to build some momentum, February is a pretty tough slate. Yeah. For Cincinnati. Right. Um, so if you can build some momentum right here, you can put yourself in a position to go into February with some confidence. I, the thing for me, they have now dating back to the second half of the Tulane game put together 100 minutes of connected, high effort, high-intensity basketball. Mm-hmm. And if you can continue with that and stay on that path, I think you can be in good shape when we get to the end of this five-game stretch.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's – I mean, we, we've hit on it in the last couple of nights, both before the game and what we wanted to see and then afterwards, and it was just a matter of – is this team capable of doing it? And now that we've seen not one, but two games straight, like not to mention the Illinois, which the Illinois game, which I, I think I was beginning to think was a complete fluke and was beginning to lose faith in this team. I'm sure Brent, as the eternal optimist never lost that faith. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, here we are believing in this team now that they can hang with more or less anybody, but maybe Houston in the conference.
0: We'll I see, mean, man, even Houston, Houston doesn't have, Marcus Sasser or Draymond Mark anymore. That's true. I, that's that's two monster offensive pieces they, that have, they have.
2: They have not looked nearly as no. uh, complete without those, as you would expect. Right. It's two of their three or four best players, um, but they just don't have the same pop on the perimeter right now no. that they've had. Uh, Kelvin Sampson will get those bench guys coached up, and by the end of the year, they're gonna, you know, they'll probably be again far and away the top team in the conference, but. They're not there yet, so yeah. it, it's going to be interesting to see how the Cincinnati team navigates these next five man because they are big, big,
0: and interesting as well. I I don't know, Chad, if you've heard anything or kind of know how it works about the rescheduling of that one Houston game at Houston. I'm sure it's With probably the American. Who knows, man? Yeah, yeah, I'm probably. Probably something that, yeah, just uh, just uh let the committee see it as a W or something, and, and, and we'll go on from there. <laughs> we'll just keep on rocking. But, yeah, it's 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 a time to really be happy, take a step back, and look at the team and say, hey, this is – everyone's starting to just, just find their roles and find their grooves. I mean, even Mason Madsen's giving minutes that – Because I'm happy. Right, happy. Well, speaking of of happy, uh, the, the kickoff of the national championship just happened. The last two teams that the Bearcats lost to in football are, are about to take place. That doesn't make me too happy. but um, Aaron cool. Aaron
2: does not – he has no interest in the game. Doesn't care.
0: Don't. Sure. that's. I'll that have, I'll, I'll have on. it on.
2: I'll have it on.
1: I uh, One of the I things, Brent, like the that cap. I wanted to bring – Yeah. one of the things I wanted to bring up from the game last night um, that I, I brought up with Chad last night when we were doing our nightcap mm-hmm. is what – I guess like in my eyes – I feel like last year's team, if they would have had a guy like Jeremiah Davenport followed up by a guy like Victor Locken, get two fouls right there in the first, what, like three, five minutes. Mm-hmm. And to where they're, they're both on the bench. And these are two, obviously very important pieces to your, your team. Yeah. I think this team would have folded then much oh, yes. less all the other haymakers that Memphis threw with the alley oops. And, and yeah, the, I and mean,
2: what I would say there is that's where they got that good stretch from Odie.
1: They did. And and
2: that was, that was critical because that kind of stemmed the tide. And then they brought Davenport back in Mm -hmm. and he hit his first two threes. threes,
0: Yeah. Um, So, but also also last year though, they would have put Rob Banks in before Tari Eason. So, you know, (laughs) it would have been, would have been a tough, tough water to tread as well. I agree. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's,
2: it turn just,
0: me up, hello? Hello? Turn me up in my headphones? Hello? <laughs> oh, that? yeah. I that must have been whatever's going through me right now that came out there. The you know, uh, Fever talking. No, so I fever. agree. It was, uh yeah, I mean, but another thing from last season, and kind of I've been talking about this with, with, with some of my friends as well, is the fact that you know last year, how many times did, did the team just seem completely outmatched in the post, you know, and – Whenever the opposing team and ensure the rebounding hasn't been what you want it to be it's it's the biggest negatory thing of this of this squad. The biggest blemish is their defensive rebounding. they're just not good at it, and this will be just something where where you see, oh geez. um yeah, ow. but this will be something where like you you don't see the squad really struggle to contain in the post or defend or you know they don't back down from anybody down low which is just something that you saw in, in in previous seasons where they kind of struggled with you know it, <coughs> there were there were games where they seemed outmatched and beyond that it's just you know what what exactly is is it going to take for this team to to really wilt and and fall down to a team and give up like like certain times happened in past seasons that just seems like right now when they're when they're moving and playing in this right direction players are they' are veterans they're angry they're ready and they're 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 trying their best to pull out victories and this and, and a lot of the these players they're their final season of college basketball so it's gonna be it's gonna be big time Good. oh
1: you're muted yeah chad you you are on
0: mute here.
2: I said that was for you, Brent. Did you see that?
0: What do he say? Is it frustrating to you guys that they can't dump it down low for these buckets? You know, I, Odie. Odie seems that he he's got a, that that first half where he what went four for four, mm-hmm. all all easy little lands. It kind of looks like he's starting to get his his little little post. He's been, I, the, he's been the most comfortable at the rim for sure. Yeah, it seems like they're trying to trying to get Abdullah Doe up to speed to make him be that kind of post touch guy as well. But yeah, I, I mean, yes, that's, that's something that you obviously want to have. And I mean, it's, it's tough when you don't have it, but still it's the, the fact that this team defensively, I, I love the the defense that the post brings as well, which is, uh, you know, sometimes if you can't bring it on offense, you sure as heck better bring it on defense. And that was, that's what this team does.
1: Was Victor Lockins' pass that Odie missed one yeah. of the top five prettiest passes that Cincinnati has seen this season? He
0: let him just a little
2: too much. Like, it was Man. just a little bit, just a bit outside. <laughs> Tried the corner and missed. Ball four, ball eight. Vaughn has walked the bases loaded.
0: <laughs> well, well, Andy put the spin on it, too. Yeah, I mean, a- He had the English on it. It was, yeah, that was a yeah. nasty pass. And just and of course the announcer is like, you can't make that pass. Well, you can't do that.
1: He said sometimes you got the right the right guy going to the to the wrong guy, and really? basically just saying that that pass was too good for Odie to corral in. No, what yeah. he said after that was
2: that he needed to take two dribbles baseline, and make the smart entry pass. Yeah, from the angle.
0: No, they love no. Memphis. Vic, Vic was just trying to show us how how much he's like, you know, a a budding Nikolai Jokic. He's just trying to show us that, that side of his game. Here we go again, you know. That's that. But no, I, so we've we've touched on Memphis and Nazium, and to be honest with you, that was a you know some games you could say since I lost this game, and and yes, there were some some games where uh, some plays down the stretch where you can kind of maybe point to that 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 final offensive possession. Was kind of tough to stomach. Chad, you 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 might have asked in the presser about uh, you know West thinking about using a timeout there, down three, and and I believe you said that you tried to, but it was too loud in the building or something along those sorts. Uh, would you have wanted to see a timeout called and kind of gather everyone in, come up with a set play, or or you, are you letting the guys go in that situation down three?
2: Um, I, I think he did. Uh, they got the play that they wanted called. And according to West, they just didn't properly execute the action. So that's when he was trying to get the timeout, when he saw that the backside of the play had kind of fallen apart. Mm-hmm. And it was basically just that flat, high ball screen that they had been running and getting to the rim at will throughout the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they, they ran based on what Wes said, they ran kind of a, a variation of it that they had already run twice for scores. And for whatever reason, just somebody on the backside wasn't in the right spot and it kind of blew up the play. Um, so that's when he was trying to get a timeout. But I mean, if if you can get your play in without needing a timeout and, and you've got set what you want to get set, I don't think you need a timeout there. Um, but as soon as it, Falls apart. Yeah, you got to get one quick, and then for whatever he just he said they didn't hear him. He wasn't able to get one.
0: I was, pan- yeah, seemed a little panicky by the team at, at some point, but still, it's you know the the fact that you put yourself in that position at the end of the game is just great. And and then also you got to look at the other side. Memphis won that game as well. I, you know, Lester Conone's made n- however much you hate him in his short shorts, he made numerous winning plays, and then of course Tyler Harris. It, he he leaves and then he said i'm going to come back to take out cincinnati's heart so he comes back and he has you know a somewhat of a career game 20 points and i mean some of those threes were were so far away i'm not even sure you could see the rim from that distance but you know it, they they fell through and and those are some prayer shots that sometimes someone's on and when he makes those plays down the stretch you got to tip your cap but it was a great game great game and a chance for them to to pull out a road victory they didn't but uh, one where they can use it as momentum going going down for the rest of these these games heading into that tough stretch against you know of course Memphis and then Houston again. Chad, Chad, you're gone. You're you're muted again.
2: That's because there's stuff happening here.
0: We have breaking news. Breaking,
2: breaking news live on this podcast. Nick Mardner, six foot six wide receiver transfer from Hawaii. Yes. Has committed to the Cincinnati Bearcats. Yes. One of the best transfers uh, available in the country. Cincinnati was looking for some help outside to replace Alec Pierce. Nick Mardner has been the primary target at that position for quite some time. And now he is committed to be a Bearcat.
0: Mm-hmm. Big there time. you go big big time Guys talk about that for a little bit because of course it was uh, it was something that a lot of teams started coming in as the recruitment con- continued on you know you saw a couple more offers getting thrown his way some of those might have been offers that had a little bit of a connection to Cincinnati and you know it is what it is but hey Bearcat, lock loaded six foot six. Had great stats last season at Hawaii. I mean, this is a big, big time get for the Bearcats, especially with all the news that they've had with all of those players deciding to come back. You know, you know, let's let's talk about this, wrap this up, and then we're gonna come back to it in the football segment once we wrap up basketball. But guys, that this this is as big of a signing or or a commitment, if you will, as you could want in an offseason. A, a, a talented, ready wide receiver who can step in and be that big outside option.
2: I think where it's important is we know this defense is going to take a bit of a step back. Not that they won't be very good, but you're replacing NFL legit talent at most every level. Now, with the news we've got on guys coming back, they're, they're not devoid of talent at those levels, but... You're losing a lot of guys. So this is going to be a team offensively that's that's going to have to find ways to to put points on the board. And there's going to be a lot more games, I think, next year where we're going to see the offense have to keep pace, right? Because this year, basically, if the offense got four scores and seven years ago, it was a wrap. See what I did there, Brent? You like that?
0: I like it. But if the
2: offense put up 24, 27, 28 points, the game was essentially over because the opponent wasn't going to be able to score enough to get a win. There's going to be games next year where teams are going to be able to put up some points, I think. So Cincinnati needed to get as many weapons as possible. Nick Mardner does that. There you see his stats from Hawaii this year. His junior season was his breakout season. And uh, I know... Gino Graduli, Mike Brown, the offensive staff really liked him uh, from the get-go, and there you see 46 catches, 913 yards, 19.8 yards per catch for his career, 20 and a half yards per catch, eight touchdowns. Um, I think if you're Cincinnati, you got to be thrilled that you were able to go get this guy, who looks like he's uh, he's on the way up. Listed as 6'6". Yeah, big big kid. If you see if you watch some of his highlights. He's a big kid, big catch radius. He's up. Uh, can, can go get those fades in the in the corner of the end zone that this offense is liked. Um, so this is a this is a key addition. He, he as does. we record the podcast, love it.
1: This is this is now the second second kid from Hawaii who has left Hawaii to come to Cincinnati. As you also had Sage Tolentino who left Hawaii for, for the well, sweet, sweet grounds of Hamilton.
2: A little different because <laughs> Nick Mardiner is from Canada. Well, So oh, he's oh, oh. familiar with
1: cold. All right. Then Cincinnati is not so unfamiliar. It, it might actually be uh warm by comparison to Canada. I mean, the,
2: the kid did it right out of high school, right, though? He's from Canada. He's like, I'm going to Hawaii. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. Wow. Well, that is that is some big news, um, guys. Soak it in, and that's off the heels of uh, Lenny Taylor saying he's going to come back for another season. So,
2: oh, we got I mean, a lot to talk about when we get to football.
0: We do. We do. listen to listen to
1: 190 pounds too. So, um, Brady. I'm sure, I'm sure Brady can't wait to get his hands <laughs> on him and see what kind of uh, muscle weight he can put on a kid from Hawaii.
0: And Actually what ta-
2: kind of feels like a Brady week, doesn't it? Do, do we need this? Do we need to long, hit up Uncle Brady?
0: Long overdue. Winter winter workouts probably firing up soon. Got the kids usually, on
2: campus. Usually they got back today it was the, the the first day of classes. Usually they'll give them a week before they really start uh getting after it. So next Monday would would probably be like the first mm-hmm. full day of winter workouts.
0: Yep. Saw uh saw Luke Luke Dalton said he's all moved moved in. So uh yeah, the yeah, the but-
2: nine guys, the nine early
0: enrollees are all here that's football let's let's wrap up basketball thank you very much for that uh that awesome splash in of the breaking news we're going to come back to that because that is it's good enough breaking news where we need to make another ring around the rosy and uh start to talk about the hawaii wide receiver and his impact on the offense next season anyway basketball we uh, uh it's been a whole what three weeks oh come on brian it's been about four weeks (laughs) <laughs>
2: he used to do every other show. I'm with him. I,
0: like I said, I think we're I think we're well overdue. But uh so so we already touched on the, the the Memphis game quite a lot. Um Tyler Harris just graduate and then um you know, let's talk about SMU. SMU has to just hate Cincinnati. The football team has had a couple of promising seasons, you know, they've looked solid and then Cincinnati goes in and riffs their heart out. Uh, Cincinnati wins on a walk off, pick six, but with James Wiggins. Cincinnati then completely undresses them at home this season. Leads to their coach just, you know, saying, "Hey guys, I'm I'm sorry, but I I'm leaving you guys. I'm going, you know, across the way to TCU because I just can't stand being here at SMU." <laughs> then in basketball, they've lost what ten in a row now. It, it just Man, SMU has to just look at Cincinnati and just say I hate you Cincinnati. I hate you. Another big victory and one where you could argue that was probably the best Cincinnati's looked off season right up there with the Illinois performance because man, they were just they were hitting tough shots, they were making great plays on defense, they were doing pretty much everything it took to pull out a big victory and they were able to build a monster lead And then it it did dwindle a little bit in the second half, but they were able to push it back out and plot a big victory. Man, that was an awesome game. Aaron, were you able to make it there for the game? No, uh, it was
1: the the 9.30 tip. Well, the 9.30 tip sucked. The weather conditions weren't great to travel from Athens Mm -hmm. to Cincinnati down that long road of 32. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we we just stayed put here. So um, yeah, I did watch it, but yeah, I hung around.
0: Heck of a win. Stop. Man. Stop.
1: Heck, that's, heck,
0: that's, heck that's 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 fine. Heck of a win. Chad, obviously we we rehashed. We touched on SMU quite a lot, but would you say that the this SMU is probably the one team in the conference that just is just, just like probably just can't stand the Bearcats by this point.
2: I would say they're certainly right up there. I mean, <laughs> they in basketball they they just can't put together a game plan to beat Cincinnati. And I don't know if it's if it's a toughness thing, if they've just run into Cincinnati at the wrong time, where like you know they're Cincinnati's. But I mean SMU had won eight in a row; they were playing really really well. Yeah, and Cincinnati just from that was kind of. For me, that's where I saw a light go on defensively um, in terms of, man, they Kendrick Davis is such a pain in the ass in the pick and roll
0: because
2: mm-hmm. he's so quick and he can, he can get downhill on you and he can get his quickness yep. side to side on you. And Cincinnati just stonewalled him for most of that game. I mean, he had 16, but what he shot, it's like 30% from the floor, 35% from the floor. And right. just never really looked or felt comfortable mm-hmm. running that SMU offense. And that was when I was like, okay, if, if, if they're going to start looking like this and playing disconnected on the defensive end, while also starting to hit shots and seeing the offense be a little bit more consistent, then you're really going to have something to work with as we get into you know, mid-January into February.
0: Kendrick Davis scored a career high in points last season in the AAC championship. It's not championship game, the AAC tournament against Cincinnati. They still lost that game. I it, yeah. it, it just it's it's hilarious. I mean, you go back and look at some of these games that Cincinnati was able to beat SMU. SMU had some good teams. Some some teams that were on rolls when they when they played the Bearcats. But yet, here we are. The Stone Cold Killers. The uh the the tamers of the Stangs, the the Desmond Ritter going 90, what was it, three yards? 91 for a touch 91 yards for a touchdown with his legs all over SMU, man. Jeez. Those ponies, man. They they are hurting for the Bearcats. But yeah, I, I mean this is a game where you just saw and and kind of you you heard a lot of talk from, from Wes after the game as well about how you know just every it, Kind of what we already mentioned. Everyone's figuring out their rules at the right time, you know. It's whether it's you know, Mikey Saunders had his career high in assists. You know, you had Dave DeJulius pouring it in, but also Micah Adams Woods having a career high in points as well. Also five of eight from deep. So, I mean, these are all just things that you hope translate for the rest of the season, and they aren't just flashes flashes in the pan, which I think is the perfect thing to have an ECU game at home. Because if that game on on Wednesday was on the road at ECU, who knows what could happen? But the fact that it's at home, and then you have that game at Wichita coming up on Sunday, I think that's a good good recipe to kind of just keep this high intensity and, and high motives rolling as the season wears on. So, I mean, this the past two game stretch has been some of the best basketball this team has played, especially since Kansas City. But man, this SMU game was was awesome to watch, and and a good good reason to just stay up absolutely late and oh. and and love <laughs> basketball every second of it
2: i think my head hit the pillow at 4 a.m.
0: yeah yeah Those i are so
2: i got home at 1 like what are we doing where we're having a basketball game where you get home at 1 o'clock it's a 2 hour sport
0: well, what well, are you we, we what, doing you know one of the funniest thing is they uh so i i had travel <laughs> issues last week and i didn't get home back to indy until like you know, Thursday morning at around like 1 a.m. So anyway, I, I had a lot of office work I had to fix up. So I I was there in the office until the wee hours of the morning and and watched it there. But the they switched it to put it on ESPN, you know what I mean, at 930. Yeah. The hockey game that was on before them on ESPN ran like 30 minutes over. So yeah. you had to watch it on ESPN U for the first 30 minutes of the game. I, I mean, it just, man, it was just, ah. A lot of logistics that didn't Should've
1: really quite out Should have moved hockey to ESPN. Yeah, moved right. hockey to ESPN News. Who's even watching regular season hockey?
0: Oh, I, I guess enough they, people.
2: They paid a lot of money for that deal, <laughs>
0: right? Right, but no, that I mean basketball. You've got to be heads up, loving the way it's traveling, uh, trending, and and also another thing that's that's cool to note, I guess, is the fact that like you have a an East Carolina team that's not really like. You know, a typical East Carolina team with a big losing record and and kind of down and out. I mean, they're not is, as
2: bad as they have been.
0: No, yeah, it's a, it's a ten and four team, and I mean, honestly, they're pretty solid. That you know, all their losses. Their, their their biggest loss was a ten point loss to Liberty. They lost to Oklahoma, Davidson, and Temple are the other losses. I mean, no good wins. Maybe I, I guess you could consider Tulane a good win because the Bearcats lost to them, but. You know it, Tulane beat Memphis. Yeah, Tulane also beat Memphis. Uh, you know, it's a it's a game that you you can't just look at them and look at their record and be like, oh, this is a pushover. No, this is a ten and four ECU team. The Bearcats will come out ready to fire on all cylinders yet again. So uh, it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a fun atmosphere. Hopefully at Fifth Third Arena, I will not be there, but um, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be a a chance for them to continue this path of of high level basketball that they've recently been play, been playing
2: you're not you're not gonna test out a health and safety protocols by
0: Wednesday <laughs> uh I don't know the uh karma data karma the yes uh, <sighs> the, the, the they 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 said no I okay I already okay. got the thumbs down on that one but, uh, <laughs> but no I we'll be all right um Sorry, yeah, are so- you working from home this week yeah, yeah, working from home. So but man, it's uh it's it's work work, you know, 30 minutes to an hour and go lay down for 10 minutes type ordeal, man. It's a it's a weird thing. This thing is weird, but we'll all survive. Um yeah, so basketball trending in the right direction. A lot of a lot of excitement behind them. Anything else on that front, guys, before we we uh, move on to the next segment? No, it's time to, time to hit some
2: football and get to the mailbag and yep, call and it a and night
0: and watch. let you get some resty rest. Yes, amen. Um, so, <coughs> sorry. Uh, so, I think one final thing for me is, man, I love Westmiller press conferences, man. That guy just, you can just tell that he's got unbelievable control of the program. And the fact that- I love the really information
2: sick. you get out of him. Like, you learn- yeah. The actual like what's going on in inside the game. Yep. Like I, I make it a point to ask him basketball questions
0: mm-hmm. because
2: most of the time coaches just won't answer. Like if you ask them specific strategy questions, they'll dance around it. Right. If you ask Wes, Wes will tell you like we were we, this is what we were trying to do. This is how we were trying to execute. Mm-hmm. This is what went wrong. This is what went right. Like. I love having a guy that, that will talk basketball. Right. And, 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 will try to educate the fan base on, this is what we were, we were trying to accomplish. This is why it was successful or this is why it didn't work out. But like, I love that. I love it.
0: He's a man. He is a man. Uh, so let's move on to football. Uh, obviously there's a big game going on right now in football. It is the uh, the. They already uh, had this game. It's not that big. <laughs> well, you know the the funny thing is this. i You know, obviously, if if Cincinnati was in this game, um,
2: we wouldn't be recording tonight.
0: No, we would not. And, <laughs> and health and health and safety protocol, we'd have to figure it out. But you know, and and then aside, dang, that, you'd be watching bro, from your couch, bro. Oh, <laughs> could Jesus. you imagine? No, I think I think the deal. I think the dear Lord above would have a little bit more help in making sure that I somehow was able to from drive couch, to drive 15, 20 minutes away and make it to the game.
1: There's, Could you imagine no if you weren't
2: allowed to be at this game
0: because of wow. health
2: and safety protocol when it was 15 minutes from your house and the Bearcats were playing for a championship? Oh, Man, my God.
0: My, oh, my, my friend group was blowing up about that today. They were like, yeah, we would have to, like, fi- pull some crazy strings, maybe, like, <laughs> write a letter to Brent, write a letter Brent, to somebody and rent out a whole entire suite and just have just me in there. Brent shows up in a biohazard suit. Right. <laughs> I mean, if that's what it would take, I mean I'd do it. I would literally do it. But no, I it's uh it it's still I was I was frustrated I wasn't able to take in the festivities because I mean if you were here in, in Indy when the Super Bowl was here it's it's just a they put on a great show. Um I've I've heard it's great down there. Since I didn't make it, so I'm not too bummed that I missed out on all the festivities leading up to it. But my my favorite thing about the national championships in either sport is that right when that final, you know, right when the buzzer hits zero and a national champion is crowned, you immediately get the talk of next season. And that's what I love. I I love when all the all the pundits put out the way too early top 25s or the you know teams to watch out for, players to watch, this, that, and the other. And last season, Cincinnati was littered in in all of those preseason top 25s, preseason top tens, you know, players to look out for, different things of that sort. This year I expect them to still be in those top 25s, but they're gonna do some digging to figure out you know players to watch here and there. This past week, a lot of news has been dumped as far as who the football team is had. you know, you've got Ben Bryant coming back. You've got, you know, wide receivers from, from Hawaii announcing on live on BBP. You've got BCJ getting news from Jabari Taylor that he's coming back. You know, it, it, there's so many moving parts, Malik Van, Javon Hicks, Lenny Taylor is, is this kind of, a snowball effect, Chad or, or and Aaron? Uh, are we thinking there's going to be some more news that drops? Because right now it seems as if it's somewhat of a similar effect to last season. Obviously, not the 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 PTP players like uh, like a Desmond Ritter and Maje Sanders and and Kobe Bryant saying that they're oh, going to be. I thought you meant oh. pardon the punctuation. Well, no, that was a play on words <laughs> a little bit, but, but I was using PTP as primetime players. But but no, it's it's a. Uh, this does seem like a snowball effect where it's kind of dumping. And then all of a sudden you see, wow, uh yes, they lost a lot, but th- there's some really big name players coming back. And then also these players that are filling in from behind them as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, anytime you have a quarterback at the caliber of Desmond Ritter leaving, there's going to be some fluctuation guys that may or may not have stayed depending on, you know, that situation. Um, But, there there were a lot of super seniors this year right so you were going to have some guys moving on it seemed the right time for a lot of these guys too like alec pierce um you know and and for some of these guys like malik van who who didn't have the opportunity because of the injuries or because of whatever the case may be so i mean i don't i don't think there's been a ton of surprises as of yet outside of ben bryant coming back um that's been obviously the biggest surprise of the offseason outside of maybe denbrock leaving um, but that's just kind of where we are right now.
0: I think getting Lenny back in the fold as well, uh, Jabari and Javon, I, you know Malik as well. It, you're you're starting to see some building blocks mm-hmm. similar to last season. Yeah, but, but like I said, not the biggest names, biggest splash names out there. But would you kind of uh, okay? Let's let's start from the quarterback position. The the Ben Bryant news comes. And all of a sudden, the, the fan base kind of goes into a bit of a frenzy about, you know, the whole Evan Prater, Ben Bryant talk back and forth. But, you know, we've mentioned it on this podcast quite a lot and all throughout BCJ is that, you know, you need a veteran quarterback who, you know, if, if something were to happen to Evan Prater, say that if, if he was, if this quarterback room was going to just continue on without adding, anyone really of significance or or veteran leadership to the squad. If Evan Prater, God forbid, were to go down with some sort of an injury throughout the season, I mean you're turning to a true freshman and and a retro freshman and then some and then a handful of walk-ons to go out there and try and lead this team that still has all these pieces that are still vying to win another championship. I it just it made sense even with
1: Prater, I mean, he had what, Chad, like 40 snaps total. And so that's all we have in the quarterback room right Right. now is, is 40 total snaps. That's not how you want to go into any season. At least
2: now you've got Ben Bryant that started a full year at Eastern Michigan. He started a game at Cincinnati. He had had more than just like mop up experience uh, in his Mm -hmm. time here. The, the, the competition from, because Ben's here, Ben's, it started classes today. He's he's go time for Ben Bryant. Like we're gonna get the full Evan Prater versus Ben Bryant head to head battle starting in spring football.
1: Can't wait.
2: Remember last week when I said I was really excited for spring football?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: There was a remember last week when everybody was like, "What's the biggest pickup of the off season?" And I said, "Ask wait me next week."
0: Yeah,
2: it's next week. <laughs> like. Once I heard after Ben entered the portal and I heard that Cincinnati was going to make a push and that things were looking good. It was like, this is going to get interesting because I think Ben feels like he's, he's got unfinished business here. I I think Ben, and this is, this is no, like, I think Ben feels like he could have led this team to the college football playoff this year. And that that's how confident Ben is. Um, I think that's how good of a quarterback Ben is, uh, you know, when his, his first career start was, was season cha- or, you know, regular season championship on the line at Memphis. Was he perfect? No. You can go back and look, man. He played a pretty damn good game in Memphis that day. He did. He made a couple mistakes that I think were indicative of your first career start, but now he's got what? 12 games, 13 games under his belt with 10 of them as a starter, nine, 10 of them Mm -hmm. as a starter, plus the one in Cincinnati. Quarterback's going to be so fascinating as we get to spring ball. Like every day you're going to have to watch the quarterback reps as much as possible because it's going to be, it's going to be really fun to follow who's getting the leg up as we go into the summer. And then when we get to fall, you know, the higher ground, who's got the lead when we get to higher ground, we're going to be monitoring who's taking more first team route, you know, all those things that you have when you have two guys really competing for that number one spot, it's going to be fun. And Nick Mardner, Lenny Taylor, Tyler Scott, Trey Tucker, Ethan Wright, Ryan Montgomery. I think miles Montgomery has a chance to really be a factor this year um there were some runs from miles montgomery in practice this year that you're like looks a little bit like rome is that is that 24 (laughs) like that kid has some pop to him i I, i'm going to be you talk about being excited to do your job getting to spring football practice every day this spring is going to be an exciting part of my job because i there's so many storylines so much fun Mm-hmm. That's going to play out on that field in March and April. All those yeah.
1: storylines you just dropped—that's all without even mentioning the defense.
0: Yeah, haven't even talked about that. That yeah.
1: lost more guys than the offense.
0: Right. Well, and well, the another thing to remember as far as the quarterback's situation goes, the competition is something that Luke and Brady and the whole staff mentions all the time. The the wow. iron sharpens iron, and and a lot of people aid that to the reason why Desmond Ritter was able to be so successful was the fact that he was pushed every day in practice and, and pushed every offseason by the abilities of Ben Bryant, by the potential that, you know, no, Des doesn't have the starting role. It, it's it's going to be quarterback competition again this offseason. And so I think that that's just another, another piece where it says, hey, Evan Prater is, is a blue-chip, big-time prospect. He is going to be in a quarterback competition with Ben Bryant. Ben, you come back here, you're in a competition with Evan Prater, the highest rated recruit in program history. And of course, you're going to tell that to Evan as well. Evan's going to amp up his his game and his production. So I, I mean it's a win-win in all phases. But and then another thing to also remember is the fact that Gino Gadulli, who obviously there hasn't been any any movements as far as the coaching situation goes, but Gino. Ben Bryant was Gino's guy, you know, and, and yeah, for sure. It's, it's something to, to think about. As, so is Evan Prater. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. But you know, it's Ben, Ben is a guy, Ben Bryant's a guy that, that you heard can, you know, can make every throw on the field, this, that, and the other. So, you know, it's, it's going to be, going to be awesome to see the production between the two of them. And then, you know, you mentioned all those different pieces, all the specialty pieces and, and Luke always you know, harps on this is a program built in the trenches. On the offensive side, that offensive line, it's set. It's built. It's, you it's just got Malik and jabari Taylor back. And then on the on the defensive side, you've got two just uber- Starter veterans. level.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know, starter defensive lineman along with Jawan Briggs, another starter level Briggs defensive out there. lineman. Yep. And then a host of Justin Watley and Eric Phillips and – uh is Rob Jackson ready is is Jamal Williams ready who I've heard Corleone uh, Dante Corleone is he ready to step in and plug some minutes at nose tackle I mean there's a lot of a lot of opportunity Dominique Perry's a guy that we've been impressed with that has struggled to fight his way up the depth chart because so many of the veteran guys have stuck around Mm -hmm. Briggs well I mentioned Briggs already you gotta listen you gotta pay attention
1: i got a lot of pieces over here (laughs)
2: um so there's a lot to it that man all of a sudden now you're, you're looking hopefully in the next 24 48 hours you get a decision from wilson huber you get a decision from josh wiley imagine if those two come back and now your list of returnees that you weren't sure about is hypothetically those two come back let's say huber wiley lenny taylor Jabari Taylor, Malik Van, Javon Hicks. And all of a sudden, that young team that, that everybody was worried about, they're like, are we going to have to dip into the the, the freshman and the redshirt freshmen?" All of a sudden, there's starting to be a little bit more experience and depth stacked on top of that. And then you've got a couple transfer spots that would still be available. And now you go into the spring. And maybe somebody at, you know, one of these these elite-level schools says, I don't like where I'm at on the depth chart. And maybe I like where I'm at on Cincinnati's depth chart. And after spring ball, you add a couple more. Remember last year? We talked about this last week. Remember last year in the summer when everybody was like, hey, what about this guy that's in the portal? Hey, what about that guy's in the portal? And I had to tell them over and over and over again, Cincinnati doesn't have a spot. Mm-hmm. There's a pretty good chance we get to this summer, and Cincinnati has a spot. Got a couple spots. Left. Yeah. And that, you know, you got a couple extra spots to play with in the spring and summer. I think, you know, maybe you 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 break it down to it. Is that like they maybe they were having the same feelings, yeah, inside that that coaching staff of man, there were a couple guys last summer that maybe could have could have come in here and helped us out, but but we couldn't we couldn't make a play. Uh what? Dino Boyd was, yeah. it was a late addition. James Tunstall was, was kind of a late addition into summer last yeah. year. So I, I'm just saying like, <laughs> as this thing evolves because there's so much and, and what's to say they don't go through spring and say, you know what? We really, really need one of these. Yeah. Or, we really, really need one of those. And now you've got a little bit of freedom to go out and make something like that happen as you go through the summer I, I couldn't be more excited for this off season. It feels like an NFL off season, right? Yeah. Where where you know what the core probably is going to be.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You don't know exactly what the 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 alignment of everything is going to be, but you also know, you know what? We got we got a little cap space. A little yeah. cap space to go play <laughs> the free agent market. You know, we're we're, we're 30 million under the cap. let's well, go well, get
0: some dudes. Well, then you also mentioned the fact that Last season, you look at Cincinnati's roster, if you are a player in the transfer portal. Why the and you're hell like, are you coming here? And you're like, wait a minute. They literally return <laughs> everyone. There's no chance I'm hopping these people unless I'm like right. going to be a potential first-team All-American or All-League player. So, yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's opportunities to really help and, and build everywhere. And you mentioned all these returning players, you know, with, with super seniors and the potential, you know, pushing off the NFL for another season. And then you look at a completely returning offensive line, and that right there is irreplaceable. That's that's something that you can't that that a lot of teams in the country can't really point to as as a big big thing that they have going their way. So yeah, I mean a lot of excitement, and there's going to be a lot of a lot of reasons to really keep an eye and and, and see exactly what's going to shake and what's going to move next. I mean, I, you, you saw a wide receiver today who had who picked up an offer from LSU and had an offer from Texas A&M. He's coming to Cincinnati and he's going to be six foot six molded by Brady Collins guest on the BBP next week. Fingers crossed. Maybe. We got to clear fingers that with Brady first. I said, fingers crossed. <laughs> and yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be every bit of as fun of his off season as it can be. And, and even if you do add these players, That's just more added momentum for the returning players, for the underclassmen, to amp up their game and amp up their preparation and their hard work throughout the offseason to win those battles in position rooms. So, man, there's a lot of promise heading into what's going to be another great season, I believe, especially with all these players now returning.
1: That black and red game is going to be a lot of fun this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a little Prater versus Ben Bryant a little who's who (laughs) yeah get your get your roster cards out but (laughs) um uh coaching searches uh are we still even keel on that front as far as you know the the connections at special teams coordinator and of course at offensive coordinator are we kind of just even keel keeping steady pat on that or
2: um I, I don't think there's a lot of progress there yet the staff has been kind of in and out of town um well, luke's been hollywood tonight yeah i mean you know he lucas had a lot on his plate um so uh yeah i i think those things are being worked on behind the scenes but i don't i don't think we've had uh you know, a lot of, of movement yet. Yeah. I'm monitoring, um, been talking to as many people as possible, trying to get a feel like, like we say every year, man, the assistant thing is the hardest thing to track because the assistants don't want it out yeah. because what happens if it gets out that they're a name of interest and they're, you know, sniffing around for different jobs and they don't become the guy that gets the job.
0: Well, then they then all they of a sudden your start head coach is, even harder.
2: Well, no, then your head coach that is your boss is like oh, yeah.
0: pissed.
1: What what
2: what are well, we doing here? Like, well, are you so. my guy? Are you not my guy? Right.
0: No. Well, you yeah. No, I, I meant they'll be sniffed, so they got to start sniffing even more. Right. So I mean, like that they have
2: a great deal of reason not to let that get out, and right. the schools don't want it out because they're trying to keep quiet on what direction they're going in and. Like they don't want it out. Maybe you've you got a hot up-and-coming guy that you're you got a, a little edge on. All of a sudden, it gets out, and then another school with a bigger pocketbook with an opening is like, "Oh, oh, they're looking at him. Maybe we should be looking at him." Like it's a but, it's a it's a giant game of chess, and because of that, they the last thing the school or the prospective hire wants is that information getting into the hands of a guy like me, (laughs) right? Like neither side wants that stuff out. So
1: a hundred percent of the time, every time
2: we've been very good over the years about sniffing this stuff out as it plays out because we've had patience. We haven't overplayed our hand. We've worked our sources. We had Mike Brown before it was Mike Brown. We had Darren page as a name to watch before it was Darren page. Um, You know, when everybody was sold on Mike Daniels or Armand Benz or what we said, look, there's this guy coming in. He blew away his interview process. We're, we're tracking. We're keeping an eye. It was Darren Page. So let us work our process. We'll keep you updated as much as we can. And uh, I think after we get through this championship game, that stuff's going to take on a lot more. Uh, importance as a, a priority to get taken care of uh, here as we, I mean, it, you got to think the crazy thing, man, spring football starts in two months, <laughs> right? You want to get that guy in here and started, you know, as as quick as you, you possibly can. So I, I've heard a couple names bumped around. It's not comfortable anything that I can say yet, um, but just know we're on it. We're, we're talking to as many people as we can from as many places as we can. And uh, I think there could be some, I, I, I don't, I think Gino is going to be the offensive coordinator still. I Like I, my stance hasn't changed on that. As I said, initially, when when Denbrock left, I'm sure they will do their due diligence. But I can't imagine after spending five years grooming Gino for the job, you, you don't give him the job. That just doesn't, it's not the way this works. Right. Um, I think there could be you know, some additional responsibilities added to some guys already on staff. I do think there are other teams out there looking at guys on Cincinnati staff. Mm-hmm. We talked about the many reasons. Look, if you're Perry Eliano and you just coach two first-team All-Americans, guess what? Your agent is sending people to voicemail with as many calls are coming in on people interested in hiring the cornerbacks coach of a guy that just, you know, had a Thorpe award and first team All-American first round draft pick.
1: Right. Consensus.
2: It, consensus All-American. Um, So that's, you know, that's a tough one. You're, you're going to have to fight if you're going to keep Perry Eliano. You're, you're going to have to commit some resources that way. And depending on who calls, like maybe, maybe the resources aren't even good enough. Like
1: who knows? You've got to fight. For your, for your right, right. to parry,
0: <laughs> very good,
2: Aaron. Very well good. done, well done, sir. So it, it, the next couple of weeks on that front, the special or the special teams, the tight end, yeah. Um, you know, Mace also coached the, the dollar slash sniper position. Right. Uh, however, any of that and all of that plays out is gonna gonna be one of the things at the forefront of the football side of things. Uh, here through at least january and potentially into you know the beginning of february
0: right i agree all right well and anything recruiting wise before we hop on into this uh we got a question? bunch of questions in the mailbag, mailbag that
2: are recruiting related so i'll just get yeah. to it all then
0: you know what let's uh on this it's it's also my uh, beautiful girlfriend's birthday today so it's time to time to let's let's hop in pretty quick let's let's head on over to the 513shirts.com bvp mailbag. Aaron, tell us a little bit about 513shirts.com
1: though. hop on to www.513shirts.com you get free shipping on all orders over 45 dollars. enter code bcj for 10 percent off he's not doing anything crazy like points off like danco transmission is where you're getting based on points you're getting off your $100 order or anything but he is doing 10% off if you enter code BCJ. So he's also doing further.
2: He's also doing because of the return of Malik Van 15% off the Malik Van collection when you use the code Malik22 at mm. 513shirts.com.
1: Ooh, didn't so. know about that one.
2: And then All of right. course Danco Joe posted on, on Twitter that his picture supporting 513 shirts with the Malik Van 42 shirt. Danco Joe buys 513 shirts. Danco Joe goes to Galactic Fried Chicken for chicken. Look, th- that guy's in the Bearcat Journal Hall of fucking fame, Danco Joe. Like, it. <laughs> you, you cannot go wrong with Danco Joe. If it's BCJ, he's all about it. Yes. Yes,
0: Aaron, open up that mailbag. What we got, brother?
1: All right, so first question in the football side of the 513shirts.com mailbag. Uh, comes from UC Merck. For the 2023 draft, who is your top five prospects on offense and then your top five for defense? Hmm.
0: 2023. Can I get um, the
2: spring ball, Merck?
0: Well, let's just, let's, just <laughs> do, let's just do quick. I I think we could can ballpark uh, offense. You'll throw. Let's let's say that Josh comes back in this scenario. Josh, sure. Josh and Lenny um, would sure. be in the, in the top five. I I put man. Let's say Ben Bryant wins the job and balls out.
2: Has a okay. four thousand yard, 25, 30 touchdown season.
0: He's winning the Heisman, then maybe. Well, um, I wouldn't <laughs> well, go that far, if, but <laughs>
1: if that's the case, then maybe this new kid from Hawaii also had an excellent season.
0: Or Tyler Scott. Yeah, or Trey Tucker. I Jaden I mean, Thompson. <laughs> NFL starting to love those those shifty, quick, you know, multi use players. Trey Tucker say he has two kickoff returns for a touchdown, and
2: it, what's interesting there is I'm. I wonder how much maybe Tyler Scott is even more attractive in that role because he's got a couple extra inches. Mm -hmm. He's just as fast, just as shifty. Like Tyler Scott has – like if he keeps going, has a chance to like really sell the NFL on, yeah, I played field wide receiver, but I can play field and I can be a dynamic slot guy.
0: And and a return man and – also, he's he's one heck one he's a great ace gunner. Special teams. He's a great gunner. Him and Trey Tucker were great gunners. Um, and then Lorenz Metz throw out there. Uh, Jake Renfro will be draft eligible. Jake Renfro is next be eligible, ra- eligible. Yeah. So I mean, there's a bunch on offense. Defensively, uh gonna still stick with my boy Malik. I
1: think I, you have. I think you have to throw Briggs' name in there. Malik Briggs Briggs pace will be um,
0: third year. Yeah. Pace. Yeah. Pace.
2: I don't know that he'd necessarily be draft like, he, like he'd be a high level draft pick, but he would be draft eligible if he had a monster season for sure. I mean,
0: imagine if he made the same step or a similar step that he did from last year to this year. Yeah. Arquan. Year. Arquan could. Yep. I, I mean, he's
2: he's showing. I think ability. The, maybe I'll be wrong here. I think Arquan could really step in for Kobe as the field outside receiver. Okay, I think he could be really, really good. I don't know that he's a boundary guy. That's not a knock on Arquan. I think it's just we saw this year how much length really impacts that. And I think the thing with Sauce that we didn't ever talk about, and you could talk about this a lot with Kobe too, like even though Kobe broke his hand, he was out there in a cast getting two picks. His sophomore year, sophomore year. Yeah. So, but I think Arquan could really, really step into that Kobe role as a lockdown field corner yeah. uh, that would, that would sure up at least one side of the field for that, that defense. You and also then,
1: have to mention Jabari and Hicks.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, oh no. It, how much, how much of it, you know, Hicks this season, how much of it was the fact that, you know, you obviously didn't have the um, – did you say, oh, no, oh, holding his knee? Jameson Williams just, yeah, Jameson just Williams messed, messed up his knee. knee. Um, you know, Javon Hicks, he, he didn't have much conversation about him throughout the year because there were NFL caliber players at every defensive back position, you know? So it was just kind of like – Yes, and then there's Hicks. Let's pick on Hicks. Teams try to pick on him, and he didn't really give up too much. So, you know, I think Hicks will be fine. Yeah, I'm just. Oh, that's bad. Hopefully, is hopefully just a hyperextension. Oh, ooh, that's ooh.
2: a non-contact. Ooh,
0: yeah, that didn't look good. All right,
1: so not a better time to move on. if, you can, live bet, like if you
0: can live bet Georgia right now, live bet Georgia. Well, well no, Aaron, and I've got one more, and then. J.Q. Hardaway comes in and pulls off the Maurice Claret and actually is able to get drafted as after a true freshman season where he wins (laughs) the Thorpe Award. Like I said, not a better time to move on. Which
1: do you guys (laughs) think happens first? UC plays for their first game in the Big 12, or we get a new apparel deal?
2: First game, Big
1: 12.
2: (laughs) I think there's a good chance that happens. I think there's a better chance that happens in 2023 than the apparel deal think the apparel deal happens in 2024 maybe i'll be wrong on that maybe maybe something will pop off and and you'll see it happen first uh sooner uh but i think uc is pretty content right now riding out the back end of this under armor deal um and slow playing i think what they'd love is for the uh apparel stuff to kind of evolve and go back to where it was profitable.
1: Well, <laughs> if, if Under Armour would actually sell the shit that the players wear, whether it be on the sidelines, off the field, like that's the stuff people want. I don't understand why they're not selling that stuff.
2: Because right now, UC is not really like a factor for like for them monetarily. They don't they don't care. They're not making new stuff for UC.
0: Like okay that jacket that that like Des and the and you yeah. see the players wear that's yeah. like like white off gray and like off red the yeah. hoodie the hoodie Des wore in his goodbye just, video just name your price for that jacket name your price I just don't understand Yeah should have I mean, been doing yeah. this all along anyway
1: uh, in the way too early polls, I've seen us unranked and ranked as high as 14th for 2022. Where do you think we'll be ranked in the AP
0: slash coaches polls? Preseason,
2: right? Preseason, yeah. Preseason.
0: Mm-hmm. I'd say 18.
2: If I had to guess, I'd say 2022, 20, somewhere in there. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, – here's the thing that's going to – actually, here's the thing that's going to hurt Cincinnati on that front. The draft is going to happen. mm mm-hmm. And in people's mind, yeah, they're gonna be like, that's half of their fucking team. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and half also, of their team is in the NFL.
0: And also you'll you'll look and you'll see, oh, no starting quarterback. And yes, there are pl- names that we know, but right. the, the casual fan and, and, and probably three-fourths of the AP voters will be like, oh, who is Evan Prater and Ben Bryant?
1: So or, and that's where I say I don't even think we're ranked. I think we will start unranked. Which... I wouldn't
2: I, I wouldn't argue that honestly. I don't think yeah that, that would be far fetched. I wouldn't be upset if Cincinnati's unranked well, I mean, going mean, yeah, you, you came
1: in at twenty two, so that's not much higher than twenty six. Yeah. Which
0: right. which would be awesome because that would just Luke and the staff would just pump that until there's no end. And this team would be agreed unbelievably fired up heading into next year. The, that road trip, Williams road trip to Fayetteville. Yeah, I know. It, it it looked like you saw that that thing in his knee move. You know, just throw another five star in there; they'll be fine. Moving I mean, on. That's
2: not how it works.
1: Which quarterback, Prater or Bryant, gives us the best shot at winning in Fayetteville?
2: Is that even, like that's a real question?
1: That's a real question.
2: The quarterback with experience, Ben Bryant, like. That's not to say Evan Prater will not be a phenomenal quarterback. That's to say who gives you the best shot to win a game right tomorrow? Now. Mm-hmm. Ben Bryant.
0: He's got that maxion. So, I mean, Ben Bryant is such a such a weird circumstance where he knows the playbook. It's just it is such a strange thing for a team to have well, that sort of a do I don't I don't even know that you can say that right now because
1: we don't have an OC.
2: I mean, Ben Bryant worked with Gino for three years. Like he knows what Gino wants to do.
1: Doesn't mean that necessarily the playbook's out there. I mean, the playbook could be vastly different. Well, then every, it'd be different for every single player. And and Ben Bryant
2: will be comfortable with it because he knows what Gino wants him to do. In any case, (laughs) if we're looking strictly, the question was strictly. I'm with you. gives them the best chance to win at Arkansas.
0: Ben Bryant. I agree. How, how about this for Alabama real quick? Back-to-back national championship games, they lose their their just dominant wide receiver. I mean, you hate well, I season. mean, they lost
1: their
2: dominant wide receiver in the SEC championship game in John Mechie.
0: Yeah, well, and, and even last year, you can say the same thing when, when they lost, right. uh, what's his name, the dude that plays with the Dolphins right now? Waddle. Um, Waddle, yeah. So and now, like they're taking Jamison Williams head
2: down back to the locker room.
1: Yeah, hate to see
0: it. I mean, hopefully he's all right. Besides quarterback, is.
1: what no. position group will you be interested in following during spring ball, and who in that group are ones to look out for? I think we've kind of touched on that as we discussed stuff earlier, but I mean, there's so many positions up for grab: quarterback, running back, depending on what happens at tight end. We already at least know that Lenny's back. Um, Wide receiver, there's question marks scattered outside of Tyler Scott. Tyler Scott will be on the field. Trey Tucker will be on the field. Check well. Yes. Will Pauling will be on the field.
2: I don't know that he's necessarily going to be a starter. No, he'll be behind Trey Tucker, but he'll be on the field a lot. Yeah. Like there's, I'm not. I'm not overly worried about wide receiver.
1: I was just um, naming places for.
2: Yeah, I, I, I mean, it has to be corner or safety for me.
1: Yeah, those are big.
2: Corner or safety. I mean, and corner you get Bush back to fill one of those spots. We don't know which one yet. Safety, you get Hicks back. But does he have a NFL quality running mate somewhere on the roster that you can you can dig up uh, to put next to him? Um, corner safety, man. I, it, and and safety is probably in corner. It, it the starting corners are going to come from the group of Arquan Bush, Jaquan Shepard, Todd Bumpus, Sammy Anderson, Justin Harris, potentially a JQ Hardaway or a Kellen Carroll as freshmen coming in. Taj Ward, Taj, yeah, Taj Ward will probably be the nickel. Nickel, if yeah. Bush goes outside, Taj Ward will be the Nick i'm I'm talking about more about the outside yeah outside yeah yeah because that's where like Kobe and sauce man that's <laughs> so I'm talking more about the outside. those are the guys that I think are gonna compete for those outside spots yeah. um there's gonna be a lot of reps that mm-hmm. <laughs> that are gonna tell a lot as we go through and here's the fun. As there's going to be a lot of reps against high-level wide receivers.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: So we're going to get a good feel
0: of, yeah, of and, who's good at what. And then, of course, at, as safety, Hicks Hicks had two good seasons as a starter. Yeah. But, but that was with NFL Derek Forrest and NFL Brian Cook. So, yeah, you know, who's going to be – like, those are some – That's why I said who's going to be the yeah.
2: – is, is it yeah. going to be Isaiah Cox? Uh, uh, Brian Threats has got – was really the only other guy besides uh, uh Dingle.
0: Yeah.
2: Dingle and Threats were the two guys that got some looks at safety this year. Um, and then you have Isaiah Cox, you have Armorian Shepherd, you got some young guys coming in. Uh Deary McDonald is still in that mix at safety. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of a lot of wiggle room for guys to make a play up that too deep at safety as well. Those will be the two positions defensively that I really have my eye on. I think we know defensive line who the top five or six guys are going to be.
1: I think linebacker is going to be interesting too, though. I, uh, mean... I don't
2: as much like if hypothetically, if Huber comes back
1: mm-hmm.
2: and if you have Huber pace van Fossen, Jaheem Thomas, Ivan Page. pace in that linebacker room, yeah, David Jones, David Jones, uh, 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 the other Jack Dingle,
1: yeah, uh,
2: cam, cam junior, Jr. Yeah. <laughs> like all of a sudden you got a lot of guys in that linebacker room that can play right. That are, that are itching to get on the field. So I'm not as concerned about linebacker as, as some are, cause I think there's eight guys
0: for those three spots and like, multi multi-positional guys too. Yeah, I mean, we,
2: yeah. I Pace, love where they're at at linebacker.
0: Pace and Van Thossen had a split time because they had, you know, can you get Pony Dominant Boy up? Linebacker. Can you
2: get Pony Boy up 20 30 pounds to play on the other side though, is the question. Or do I you mean, just stay with what you got and run those two as a combo at the dollar/sniper whatever and then you you
0: fill the other ones accordingly. Jaheem and then Huber or something like that. Yeah. If, comes if <laughs> Huber comes back. If Huber comes back.
1: Would you rather have eyeballs the size of footballs or balls the size of footballs and why? I'd rather have eyeballs the size of footballs because good luck finding pants otherwise.
2: So I had a hernia (laughs) that was about the size of a line. And that was really fucking uncomfortable. Left nut, I mean, everybody used to wonder why I wore cargo pants. It was literally because I had not had... I didn't, you know, doing this job, you don't have great insurance. (laughs) I had a hernia that was a problem. And it was only the size of a line. Imagine the size of a football. Like, are we talking like a regulation? Do people understand... It, it, how many people have actually like put their hand on a college-sized, properly inflated football? Mm-hmm. Them some bitches are big. Yeah. Not testicles. Whatever so, whatever the other option is, not testicles.
1: Again, good luck finding pants. So uh a buddy of mine.
2: You didn't think I'd have a story related to that, did you, Aaron?
1: No one who's listening, (laughs) whether it be on YouTube, whether it be on iTunes, whether it be on (laughs) Spotify, it doesn't matter. Whoever's listening to this, in whatever capacity they're listening it to, had an idea that you had a story involving a football-sized testicle. No. Well,
2: a line-sized testicle. By
1: comparison.
0: (laughs) Well, 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 here we go. A buddy of mine. Shout out like, to him. How do you both have stories about this shit? He he's got like you know, Chad, you said lime. This is a legit baseball. Uh like going on the on the verge of of a softball. Like, you know, and uh
2: Well depending on the day, like on a you know, on an average day it was a line. There well, were days that there was bigger, yeah.
0: Well well to the point, he like like it was like a party trick, you know what I mean? It became oh a God. It became a true party trick. It did. It's, it's like, pull him out, show us, show us. You know, what kind so, of friends uh, were you? I, I mean, hey, it it worked for him. <laughs> I tell you what, but you know, I <laughs> I uh, I think that I'd go with uh, you know. I think I'd be. I'd like to be known as the the guy with the football size balls. Give Give, give it to me. Why not? Chad, I think less than anyone saw
1: that coming with you, that you had a story relatable, was Brent, of all people, saying that he'd go with moving on.
2: Football-sized testicles. Ryan,
1: you <laughs> see make staff, a movie about um, me. I'd be famous. Oh, you'd, be, you'd be – what is it? Stan's dad walking around with a wheelbarrow. Right. Anyway, do you think the staff brings in a transfer running back? Does Ethan Wright possibly move to safety to impact that move?
2: So based on the next question asked by the same person, I think people have uh, have mistook our joking around about Ethan Wright at safety. That joking around is, is strictly because Luke Fickle always talks about moving Ethan Wright to safety. Now, I don't have any indication that's actually going to happen. I just know. If Luke Fickle could like uh, reprogram Ethan Wright's brain, he would be playing safety. Ethan Wright wants to be playing running back. So that would have to be a very convincing pitch for Ethan Wright not to be at running back going forward. That's more just of uh, us joking around. We, we do the same thing a lot with Tyler Scott, who Luke Vickle always jokes around that he's going to be, you know, CB1. Um,
1: he doesn't want to play defense. Right.
2: Those guys are those guys want to play offense. It, it, it's easy to take a guy like Alec Pierce, they tried to make him play defense, and Alec was like, I want to play offense. And you know who was right? Alec Pierce.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> well, he, he did play special teams freshman year. I mean he yeah. played special teams
2: his whole career.
1: Was he was he still out there? Even yeah. This year? Okay.
2: Not as much as he was. When he was making a name right. for himself as a freshman, but
0: he was still out there. So yeah, he, he was out there, but he wasn't <laughs> as good of a gunner as my J Sanders was in the Cotton Bowl. I'll tell you that.
2: <laughs> um, running backs going to be fascinating, man. I, I do. I think there's still a chance they're kind of keeping their eye on the transfer market. Yes. Do I think it would need to be a specific? Like this is what we're looking for like perfect fit. I, I do think that in, in a way, because I, I think they like what they have at running back. You're gonna have Charles McClellan back with another year of added confidence and strength in his knees. You're gonna have Ryan Montgomery. You're gonna have Ethan Wright. I I still I I, I want to see what Miles Montgomery looks like in the spring. But I think Miles Montgomery has a chance to be really, really good. And then you're gonna get Stephen Byrd in here he's been coming off of, you know, he, he he missed some time his senior year due to an injury. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see, like, where he's at in his development when he gets here. Um, but ultimately, like, I think there's a lot of bodies in that running back room. So you don't have – you're not – I guess what I'm saying is you're not panic reaching for a running back. When Mike Warren declared for the draft, they had to go out and get Jerome Ford, right? Because outside of Dokes, there there wasn't much in that room. You had to go get another guy. I don't think they have to go get another guy. I think they're in a position where they can say To luxury if the right if the right thing falls our way, we'll add to the running back room. If not,
0: we like where we're at. Well and, and how about also, you know, you mentioned Chuck McClellan getting another season or an off season trying to, you know, gain his confidence back in everything. I think the more that Ryan Montgomery continues to train and the more that he continues to have off-seasons piled on top. I talked
2: about that with Ryan in the interview I did with him a couple weeks ago about how each passing season, Mm -hmm. he's gotten more and more
0: confident on that knee again. Right. And, I mean, his, his run against USF, if you go back and watch that, like, that's that is a big elite running back run. That's a spinning out of the tackle, turning on the afterburners. Like, that is a that is a big, big-time run. So, uh, he's got it in him. Um, he's Here's shown the it thing. numerous times.
2: If, if there's a thought that you can just dip into the transfer portal and get Jerome Ford, you wrong. Because <laughs> Jerome Ford ran away from everybody, right? Like, he ran away from dudes in the Peach Bowl last year that anchored the best defense in the country this year. There wasn't nobody that ran away from Georgia over the past two seasons like Jerome Ford did. Right. So if the thought is, well, we'll just go get another Jerome Ford in the transfer portal. There's a chance Jerome Ford was the best running back to ever play at Cincinnati.
1: Yeah.
2: Like that's not a crazy person statement.
1: Well, I mean, who would you compare him to Warren Dokes, and Pete? I mean, I I, no, I would have him above
2: Warren and Dokes.
1: That's, that's what I'm saying. It's like The only comparison that you would have to Jerome Ford would it's be Pete. Warren, Dokes and Pete. And, and yeah, he, I think he echelons all of them.
2: So we'll see. Uh, I think they're comfortable with where they're at at running back. If they can add a guy they think can make a Jerome Ford-type impact, then they would, they would obviously look into that because you're also going to have the luxury, as we've talked about, of playing behind a very experienced veteran offensive line going into 2022.
1: Um, The follow-up question that you mentioned uh, that Ryan asked, were there any positional moves of note and bowl prep to keep an eye on in the spring besides Ethan Wright at safety?
2: No, this was not an experimental bowl prep season. This was, we're trying to win a championship. So there wasn't a lot of screwing around, right? There was a week of like getting the younger guys, some, some live action.
1: But there wasn't
2: a whole lot of, like, uh, let's get – usually when that happens, okay, I think this is a a great point to make, and I I thank you for that question because I think it it allows me to make this point. Usually bowl prep for the first five, seven bowl practices, the coaches look at as an extension of spring ball, right? Like, they look at it as the beginning of spring football. That wasn't the case this year. They were trying to 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 get their ducks in a row. It
0: was actual practice.
2: Right. Like it, it wasn't it wasn't glorified like spring ball and then the week of the game, you get ready for the game and you go into your normal game week.
0: Right. Yeah, this was, was
2: like an eye on Alabama the whole time.
1: Big work to be done. Right. Um, there was a question that we got um, before moving forward in the actual mailbag here in the comments. Um, Mark Pinkerton, I'm sorry, Pinkerton asks, uh, do you think Deshaun Pace moves to safety next season? Is it an option? seems like it would work.
2: I, I wouldn't mess with playing him where he's best at. I think he's best at that sniper dollar hybrid safety linebacker position.
0: Yeah, I think they're like, he, he has a good frame to add weight. And I think he's been slowly bulking up and adding weight as well. So. I think he's a box guy like
2: that's what it comes down to right so if you're playing him at safety then you're playing single high safety because Mm -hmm. deshaun pace is going to be in the box more often than not you want you look at how many plays deshaun pace made in the box Mm -hmm. and think about taking him out of the box for 30 snaps a game right You don't
1: expect him to get anywhere near, like, Beaver's weight that he put on or anything like that. No, of course not. No. Beaver's is 6'5", though. I mean, that was still an absurd amount of weight to put on from going from built like a defensive back to built like a... Yeah, but he played... Like,
2: people forget when they talk about that. He was a defensive end at UConn. Mm -hmm. Which is... He was in the 230. He was a light defensive end but he was in the 230 240 range at UConn. So there was,
1: there was just that picture that went around of him in a mirror, his freshman year compared to where he was at now. Yeah, uh, of course. So anyway, um, moving on. He's, he's also the example of why you recruit
2: guys that are six foot, three 190 pounds, because sometimes they become guys that are six foot five and 260
1: pounds. Yeah. All right. Um, Names to watch on defense from the 20 and 21 classes that haven't seen the field much, but could pop next year. Three total, no order.
2: Uh, I know they, they have always been really high on Isaiah Cox. They thought he was the best defensive back in that 2020 class. And every time I saw Isaiah Cox, he was at the hip. Brian Cook so that kid learned what being a dog is about so I, I my number one he's got the length he's got the athleticism I think he's got the mentality I'm really excited for Isaiah Cox uh going into spring football I think he can be a guy that all of a sudden we're talking about is he a one B or is he a one A? Right, like, and that's that's without seeing what he looks like as a one B or a one A because he was a scout team guy and you know it didn't really get special teams reps because special teams were so littered with veterans this year, unlike years in the past. Um, but I'm excited to see the progression and the future of Isaiah Cox. That's my number one. Who you guys got as your number one?
1: I'd say Will Pauling. Defense. Oh, defense. Oh, I'm sorry, defense. Um I hadn't given that any thought. You go first then, Brett.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were ready for uh, defense. I
2: didn't I didn't read the question. Sorry. I, I
0: was I was number looking ahead one, to other things. It's fine. Number one, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Jaheem. Uh Jaheem was 19 though, right? No, he's twenty.
2: Twenty, okay. Sorry.
0: Yeah. So I <laughs> I'm, just because I think he'll probably end up in the starters' role, um, and then I'll since we're going to probably do a little bit of a snake thing. while Aaron continues to talk. My one A and one B to go off the whole Cincinnati motives. Um, I'll go with uh, Justin Watley. I I've loved Justin Watley from the get go, and uh, I I think he's gonna be he's gonna finally have that opening to see some you know be right there on that depth chart as a one A one B. And he's going to really just have a monster off season. He's got athletic ability. And I think he just fits that role of a, of a defensive lineman that just is getting a bunch of reps and just funneling through. And you just see him out there making plays. Uh, I, I mean, Watley was, was a monster whenever he played this year. I just can't wait to see what he can do with, with more time available.
1: Um, what about Sammy? I, I, I think I'd go with Sammy Anderson.
2: The fascinating thing for me is the Sammy Bumpus, uh competition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those two have been right neck and neck. So which, I think, I think... which one in spring ball takes that mantle and runs with it? Cause I think it's going to be one of them. I, like I, I would fully expect one of Todd Bumfus or Sammy Anderson to be a starter in 2022. Mm-hmm. I just have no clue which one. My personal viewing has been that Bumpus, to this point, has an edge.
1: He's seen the field a, a little bit slight edge.
0: Yeah.
2: But that's not to say that Sammy's not going to take a jump in this offseason. Those two, I love that competition.
0: That's so those that. are both above Jaquan?
2: Well, Shep has been... One, Shep is 19, so he's not eligible for this no, question. Well, no, I I'm <laughs> But, like, like, but like, Shep has, has been the heir apparent to Sauce on the boundary as his number two. Yeah. We'll see if one of those guys pushes. What ha- right. What happens if Bush does move field?
0: Well,
1: I just go back to the spring game last year where Sammy was unhinged. Yeah. and that's, They that's, both that's... have great talent. That's that's where my head is at in, in this question. Um, now, if we're going with uh, – because you already gave your two, Brent, and if I'm going to give two then, um, I, w- I would say uh, um, Dingle. You're going. I, Jack I would say, or Jacob? Uh, Jack. I think Jack Dingle would be my number two.
2: I, I don't hate it. He is a massive human. Well, and- <laughs> like
1: – when he was on the field, had he not ended up getting the targeting call, I think he had. No, a you're t- thinking of Jacob. That was the Jacob. safety. You're right. The safety. You're right. Um, but yeah. Jack is the to, freshman yeah, linebacker. Jack is, Jack is the linebacker. That, so, yes, I'm, I'm talking to the safety. Sorry. Um, but if he hadn't gotten the targeting call, I think we would have gotten to see what he was all about in that particular game. I don't even remember what game that was. Um, that was early on, I believe, in yeah. conference play. Uh, yeah. But in any case, um, that that's that would be my number two, who could potentially make an impact.
2: I don't hate the Jack Dingle. Like at linebacker, that kid has something special about him that I think, um, it, it like maybe you experiment and see like can, can he come off the edge? He's big, man. Like you saw him, Aaron, at it, Squad Fest.
1: You've called him Adonis.
2: Like you saw him at Squat Fest, and you were like, also like, oh, that's a 18 year, like that, that's a that's a freshman in high school, right? He's he's gonna have a lot of fun here. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Dingle wouldn't wouldn't shock me if we, they found a way to get Jack Dingle uh, on the field. How so. crazy
1: how crazy would that be if they if in a, any defensive se- sequence over the course of the season they have pace and pace. And dingle and dingle out there <laughs> as right? four of your <laughs> 11.
0: You better pace your dingles, man. <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ. All right, so so who you got as your third, Chad? And we'll, we'll wrap back around. Um, Man. Because we're only halfway through the football bag.
2: I know. Yeah, I know. Let's, let's we're speed going this long. up. Let's speed this we're going up. We're going long. It's my wait, girlfriend's wait, birthday. Wait, wait. We got to go. Is she is she like what is she in health and safety protocol with you?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I Oh boy. Had nothing to do with the game. That's <laughs> yeah, he was like, Can we start early <laughs> for, the, for the
2: championship game? Can we start early? Um third defense. God, why do I why does it have to be? I think we touched on everybody. I'd say like
1: Corleone was my third. Okay. Threats
2: for me. This Dominique Perry. I'll go with a sleeper, a sleeper, right. deep sleeper, Dominique Perry.
1: All right. Let's move on. No, I'll go Eric Phillips. All right. I'll go Eric Phillips. Still moving on. Way too early projections. What do you see as a successful 2022 campaign given recruits and returning players? Competing
2: to play in the American Athletic Conference Championship into the okay. final two weeks of the season. And ultimately making the American Athletic Conference championship game, and and rolling the dice from there, seeing where you go from there.
1: I'll set the bar a little lower. I say double digit wins would be successful. I think anything beyond that. If you is... get
2: double digit wins, you're you're accomplishing what I just said.
1: I don't. Why are you yelling at me?
2: Because I, I'm.
1: I think passionate. No, I, th- I th- think th- I think you I think you could get ten, and still not be in the in the championship.
2: Do you think they beat beat Arkansas to open the season?
1: I I don't know what Arkansas has. I have not done any type of dive into Arkansas. Okay, so
2: answer my question. Top
0: 15 team in the country.
2: Top 15 team in the country coming into the season. Do you win at Arkansas? No. Okay, well then, if you get 10 wins in the regular season, that means you only lose one other game. And if you only lose one other game, you are competing for an American Conference Championship berth over the last couple weeks of the season and getting into the American Athletic Conference Championship game. Okay. So
0: I think the train, nuts. I think the train keeps rolling. Thanks. Uh, Thanks, David. Train keeps rolling. I think success is playing in the AC championship game, like you said, Chad. Um, and so yeah, I I think and I do think they're gonna play in it. Um, win it. Yeah. I think we'll see. We'll the Eternal
1: Optimus strikes again.
0: Well, I mean, I it's it's just true. I I, I can't mean, think of two other teams that are gonna be better than them in the American Athletic right. Conference
2: Championship right. Right, mean, right
0: now. I mean, are you gonna put, put all your dice on Mikey, whatever is Mikey Keen and and see how the old UCF does and Houston's gonna be good, but I mean I, I don't know. It's just is is Clayton Tune
2: still Houston's quarterback next year?
0: Yeah. Quite possibly are you,
2: are you fucking serious?
0: Yeah.
1: Thanks, Cody. All right. How many more 22 guys does UC target? Any names emerging or will the rest be filled with transfers? I think we've hit that abundantly. I've answered this, this question podcast.
2: 46 fucking times Bearcat Nation
1: 11. <laughs> read the message board. I know you read every word we say. About recruiting. Yes! Yeah.
2: They they have not right now been focused on high school 2022 guys. The, how many spots show. are open though?
1: Do you know how, that off the top of your head?
2: <laughs> There's a handful.
1: We'll see what the next week brings because this week was like post Christmas. It's like it's like those Christmases you have with like some of the outside relatives or like well, close here's the family problem: friends where you're still getting gifts.
2: Let's say I answer that question and say UC is not going to target any more 2022 high school kids. And six weeks from now, some kid ass out of his letter of intent and is back on the market. And, and UC grabs him. Now, I'm the idiot because Bearcat Nation 11 asked for the 47th <laughs> time this same question. And I try to give him a different answer.
1: All right. Stay tuned.
2: As it happens, we'll let you know.
1: On to the basketball part of the 513shirts.com mailbag. Where don't forget you can get free shipping on all orders over $45. And your code BCJ for 10% off. Have you Plus the Malik how...
2: Van collection, fifteen percent off.
1: There you go. Have you noticed how JD changed his shooting motion on his threes? He's shooting more controlled and not flailing his legs. Or am I the only one who noticed that? I think he's, he's just shooting in rhythm. He's right. He's just taking better shot. His shot selection has been better.
2: When you're shooting out of rhythm, your legs flail, and you're not balanced. He is and... doing more of what the coaches are asking from him which is shooting in rhythm, feet, set, shoulders squared, bang the shot. So that's what you're watching. Bang. When you watch flailing legs, you're watching a guy shooting off balance. Shooting off balance is bad. They would like for him not to do that as much. You know why he's most effective on those corner threes? Because he's set, (laughs) catching in rhythm, and taking a good shot.
1: That's catch and shoot guy on the team. Brent, I thought you were
0: trying to add something at one point here. Uh, yeah, I, I thought he was trying to die. The word is confidence. That's it. When when he's shooting with confidence like that, like you said, set with confidence, he's not flailing all over the place. And they knock down.
1: After Tyler Harris made it eighty three eighty, would you have called timeout to set up a play, understanding we need a three? Who takes that shot? Uh, he, I think West said. I've after answered the game,
2: this to an extent. Right. West got the play he wanted coming up the floor they just didn't execute it right so I if you if you call a timeout he was gonna call the same play because it was a play that had worked over and over again to keep Cincinnati hanging around as Memphis was throwing haymakers um, they got the play that they wanted they didn't get the execution that they wanted uh who takes that shot if you can get a rhythm look for Jeremiah? You get a rhythm look for Jeremiah. If the ball is... If the shot's being taken with somebody dribbling or with the ball in their hand, it's to Julius.
0: Especially Uh, that game. Yeah, I want to give the ball to David. Let him do what he does. Uh, Which coach gets...
1: The bulk of dissecting the tape of the opposition regarding tendencies and how to slow down an opposing player and some of the best matchups to play against an opposing player. Example, who would be easiest player to screen, who doesn't go under a screen, or who sags on defense to allow a pass to an open player?
2: So the coaches don't have to dissect that anymore. That is all in synergy. Everything you could ever imagine is broken down in synergy by situation how does this guy do in high ball screens how does this guy do in side ball screens how does this guy do against zone how did like all of that is all dissected by the people that run synergy and it's all automatically dialed up by logging into the system so coaches don't have to dissect that tape anymore it's already done
1: basically. that's wild
2: yeah, you just you go into Synergy, you pull up uh, you know, uh, uh Tyler Harris highball screen. And you get all the clips of Tyler Harris operating in a high ball screen all season.
1: What's the cost on the black market for logins to Synergy? <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> Bird used to have one. Bird used to pay for his own high-end Synergy account. That's
0: crazy. Did so I try you know to get that... No, you got to get it from Somebody. You got you to know somebody. You have to be now. You got
2: coach. it. Used to be you could get it. Now you got to know somebody.
0: Well, you can get like the knockoff one that doesn't have all the videos. Like you can pay for that, but you have to be a coach in to order get to the get the real to city. get the real one. Yeah, yeah. You I thought know you somebody knew somebody enough people. Brent, that you could I mean, be. I mean, I could get it probably, but I mean, that's
2: how Berg used to write his scouting reports. Is he would literally? You think writing your scouting reports take a long time? Berg would go spend six to eight hours watching synergy of each player on each team, how they do in each situation, and then he would write his scouting reports based on six hours of research. Yeah,
1: no wonder he got burnt out writing. Yeah, no, no wonder he's not here writing anymore. Man,
2: it's a lot, man. Like, and the thing is, that's like any rabbit hole. Like, once you, once you put your head in a rabbit hole, there ain't no coming out for a long time. And he would hit me up at like, you know, five o'clock and be like, all right, I'm getting started on this. And then he would hit me back up at like midnight and like, all right, I'm, I'm about ready to write the story. Like, that was seven hours, dude. You spent seven hours watching tape. He's like, yeah, I think I got a pretty good handle on uh, East Texas State.
1: I don't want to talk about it.
2: <laughs> I think I got a, I I a good handle on East Texas State. I'll get you a good one. I'll get you a good one tomorrow for a game that, you know, Cincinnati was going to win 87 to 43.
1: All right. Uh, The unceremonious departure of Eddie Sutton left the UK basketball program in ruins and at ground zero circa 1989. Why anyone knows that is beyond me. The UC basketball program was at ground zero in mid-April 2021 with no coach and less than five players. A foursome of hardworking non-superstars rebuilt a program under a new young coach named Patino. Am I reading the beginning of a book? Are we know. writing
2: a like are we writing a, a movie script? Are we or?
1: watching the foundation of a foursome in woods to Julius Davenport and Newman that put the program rebuild on their shoulders under West? Fair analogy. And does Skillings no, have, it's not fair? And does Skillings they, have match print potential?
2: They made a final four and won one of the greatest, like played in one of the greatest games in NCAA basketball history. Or they didn't make a final four, they lost in the elite eight. Duke made the final four. Uh, come on, guys. Come on.
1: That was that was that was deep.
2: It was well written. Like, you know, somebody in Hollywood might buy that script. Uh, just let do we have to compare it to like one of the greatest rebuilds in the history of the sport? Just uh, is Daniel Skillings Jamal Mashburn.
1: I don't know. They're, I mean, Mashburn was was physical. He was a brute, not a long wing. That has only been playing basketball since 10th grade. I didn't know that. He's only
2: in 12th grade.
1: That's, that's impressive. All right. <laughs>
2: never. It never picks up again. We're done. We're done. Recruiting never picks up again. It's close recruiting is close
1: they, they, <laughs> they're not doing it anymore i couldn't even read it of course that question comes from bearcat nation 11 when does recruiting pick up it's like again? my
2: arch nemesis on the podcast i mean
1: it's better than skins he's not trying to off you
2: he's not trying to off me he's trying to off you uh, yeah i'm i'm aware never they're they're never recruiting again they're done uh, ever Nope.
1: All right, and we are now to the uh, the Banks portion of so, fi- 513shirts.com mailbag.
2: He's done How I Met Your Mother, so we're going to skip this part and do the next part, which is...
1: The Full House part? Full House, yeah. Which I do have here from PDT Bearcat. He wants us to <laughs> to use Full House to debate, A, whether Brent or Aaron is Uncle Joey... I think Aaron,
2: Brent is Joey. I agree, a thousand percent. I agree. Like he's doing, like the 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 you know the cut, it cut it out, it <laughs>
1: out. That is you to a T, Brent. I totally picture him with a a woodchuck on his hand <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> being Ranger Joe <laughs> right. over here too. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> right, that that is you. That is
2: almost like your uh, your birthright to be Uncle Joey.
1: Brent and I have also been working on a little barbershop quartet <laughs> to be able to sing lullabies to children,
0: so you got a surprisingly good voice Aaron I'll give you're, it to you. you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> <Cut it out. laughs>
1: um that all said yeah i don't I don't know I don't know who I would be i feel like i'd be I'm steep. not
2: Danny Tanner because i like i i i'm more i'm much more. Bob Saget's, like, uh, I suck dick for coke. You ever suck dick for some weed? <laughs> <laughs> That's my Bob Saget.
1: The like, dirty I'm old, not, I'm like, not, like his actual comedian career. Right, not I'm anything not, to do with I'm Full not, House.
2: I'm not Full House Bob Saget, so.
1: Um, I, I, I would maybe say I'm
2: Uncle d- Jesse, but, like, I, I don't
1: even buy that, maybe. I, I would say I'm. Other than. I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just gonna say I'd either be Uncle Jesse or I'd be Steve, the boyfriend, like who's like kind of a a dumb (laughs) idiot.
2: I think that's probably yeah. Yeah. But either way.
1: Um who's Danny
2: Tanner in this bunch? Uh Brett. (laughs) He is corny as fuck, yeah. So it could be (laughs) it could be Brett.
1: Either that or Mick, I don't know. I don't. I don't think Mick's corn. Mick's are, a young Danny Tanner. But right. he's he's just so hyper focused on recruiting the way that Danny was on cleaning. <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: Mick 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 hasn't had a uh, life tragedy like his wife dying while he had three well, kids. Mick's, during, Mick's not so. quite dad yet. You know? Right.
0: He's he's he he's, he's dad in
2: training. Yeah, he could get
1: there.
2: Brett is is Danny Tanner. You are so right. That is, you <laughs> nailed that. You absolutely nailed it. general gentle couldn't be Danny Tanner because general like he's got anger issues.
1: <laughs> I don't and, think and Aaron, are you Jesse then? I, like I said, I'd either be Jesse or Steve. Okay.
2: Uh, I think only because of Kelly, I could be uncle Jesse. Maybe. But I'm not that pretty.
1: Kelly's also not not going to jail to try and get Kelsey into a university either. She might.
2: No, I wouldn't put that past her. (laughs) She's ride or die. She's been with me for 21 fucking years. You think she's not ride or die? I'm aware. That is ride or die. (laughs) The follow-up
1: question. What fabulous locales will Brent be visiting for weddings? (laughs) What games will he miss this year due to upcoming nuptials? (laughs)
2: Arkansas the, and Indiana,
0: Brent. Are you are you available? So I I actually... Forced no, I'm not. He, he already knows the fucking no, answer. I, I told them, no more of these. But I know that they're planning like Spain is one that they're... Oh, my, oh my God.
1: Disgusting.
0: Spain? Spain, yeah. What are you, kind of are you going to you a have? visa for a wedding? Well, I don't know where in Spain, but somewhere. But it's... It, that's a possibility, and then um, Michigan is one. Some somewhere up in Michigan, uh, there's a couple other. But I'm just wondering when his own nuptials
1: are going to interrupt the Bearcats football season. Oh, oh he's going to be... take a month off for that. <laughs> Believe me, that'll be. Just make sure it doesn't right just in make... the thick of
0: baseball season. Make don't sure it doesn't overlap
1: it. basketball season because I don't want to write another preview. <laughs>
2: Where um, are, are, where are you going to, to for your wedding like uh, New Zealand is is Brent's wedding in New wow. Zealand?
0: That's actually New Zealand's very pretty I I might actually throw it out there uh, Antarctica <laughs> something no I mean, something crazy I'm down I, who knows throw, hey, th-
2: throw the, a dart
0: and, and we'll go there why not?
2: like the 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 fourth day of higher ground I find out hey man sorry uh, I'm going to New Zealand for the next eight weeks for my wedding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, i'll I'll try to write what i can if uh if i can get the game on the internet but uh you know i'm sorry i'm sorry brother like
0: oh know. man trying to try trying to watch the miami game in, in ireland was insanely difficult it was just like i like gave up after the first quarter i was like All i know right, this is yeah really i know
2: course. i know you did
1: uh we'll, we'll, we'll see if we kelsey's gone to bed at this point right
2: uh, three minutes is her bedtime.
1: All right. Well, we'll we'll hold off on this question then. For one, we have one last question before this Kelsey question. We'll bring her in on the end because we know how she likes to. If there's a Kelsey question, I have to bring her in right now. All right. Well, if this is a question, it is. Kelsey should have muted you for that. In Sorry. hindsight,
2: well. I didn't have any other
1: option. Mute. Mute is the other option. Uh, And then while she's coming, what are your thoughts on the Raiders versus Bengals wildcard game? No, she's here. Stop. Okay.
2: Aaron has a question for you. Uh Talk into the microphone. Hi, Kelsey.
1: Um, One of the mailbag questions is, what is your go-to thing that you know will trigger your dad? Asking for a friend. What sets dad off?
0: When I yell
1: at mom. Oh, okay. Seems about right. Anything else? Just for fun? You're not allowed to yell at mom.
2: No. That's, that's all your answer? You well,
0: got... I'll pass my bedtime.
1: All right. Well, then we'll let you go to bed. That was your answer. Yeah. You got
2: two minutes. No, I don't want to go to bed. No. Hi, I right, Kelsey. Thanks.
0: You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks, Kelsey. Who's winning the Georgia versus
1: Alabama game?
2: Alabama, Alabama nine to six.
1: All right, wow, Alabama sucks. See, this, uh, Alabama sucks. See, Alabama sucks. This was why I wanted to wait for the last question. Uh, PS long live Westside Jesus and Air Fryers. All right, uh, last question then. What are your thoughts on Raiders versus Bengals wildcard game? Does Cincy win and do they cover? I will look up the spread in the meantime. And Is it six, six, and six and a half? Yep, Bengals' favorite, yeah.
2: yeah. If they can keep those two defensive ends off of Joe Burrow, Cincinnati wins.
1: I like Cincy in the cover. I agree. I like Cincy in the cover as well. And I think that it's finally come full circle. The curse of Bo Jackson has to be over as we're playing the Raiders, this new regime that only four players were even alive the last time the Bengals won a playoff game. I think this is it.
0: Hey, I, how funny is that stat that, that's been floating around that, that no one has ever Texted about a Bengals win because the last time they won was Bengals before texting. Is yeah, Bengals playoff win. Because the last time that the Bengals won a playoff game was before texting was even invented. that, that's, that, that started floating around dead. a couple years ago and it keeps resurfacing every time. Yeah, yeah it's it's yeah. it's hilarious, but 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 I think it keeps resurfacing right now because a little bit of a that I get might, it might, might change. Might but, change. We'll, we'll we'll do a little bit deeper dive
1: on that uh, on pardon the punctuation tomorrow. Look night. at him! Look at him go!
2: Look at him go! Got
1: you. All right, I'm out is, tomorrow night. Like you guys, is, you guys, do your thing tomorrow. Night. We have a guest tomorrow night, so we'd be. Going to be I. Do right. you, yeah, you want to? tease us? Somebody, com- somebody
2: complained last week that I needed to let you guys talk. I well, talk
1: too much. there right. is a uh, there is an unveiling of sorts happening tomorrow night, um, and it will pertain to both the Bengals and the Bearcats so
0: J.K. Schaefer no,
1: <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: also we have a we have a new hire at Bearcat Journal to announce this week uh, I'm oh. not sure when exactly we're going to announce it
1: because you're not doing BCJ on Wednesday right because of the game yeah I guess we'll have to do Thursday
2: um, are you dancing What? Are you
1: yeah I'm, I'm ready for this to be over
2: night, good night love you uh, okay. Then let's go.
1: All right. Again, hey. that was the 513shirts.com mailbag where you can get free shipping on all orders over $45. Enter code BCJ for 10% off
0: plus 15% off for the Malik Van collection. It's been very good. Well, thank you, 513shirts.com. Thank you, Danco Transmission. Crazy $80 off on. eight this week only between now and...
2: And next Monday, between the time now and the start of this show next Monday, eighty dollars off any repair service, whatever you need. You just need to show that you're a member of Aircat Journal, I know something else that and makes you get me it. Mad. Oh, hold on, she knows something else that makes her mad.
0: Why not buy squishmallows,
1: I don't even know what that means. Brett, sign us out of here.
2: If you don't know what squishmallows are, you're lucky. You're uh-huh. very lucky. Uh-huh. No, we're done.
1: We're out. Uh-huh. We're out.
0: Get yeah, well, out. Well, out of here. Go to or, bed. Well. Um, special thanks to everybody again for our good friends, Kelsey and Chad Brendel and Aaron Smith. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Brent Young. This was, oh, wow, cute little thing there. This has been another edition of the BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya.